all the different jobs that, that, that our lives bring to us, whether we get paid for it or, or not. And the first question that I have for you is, is how would you define the word leadership? Uh, I think that's a tough question to do. Um, but I think to define the word leadership to me is being, your goal is to get people on board um, of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, it's not always lead by example. I think sometimes people get caught up into leading by example. I think you have to do that. But I also think leadership is not just having a leader and then all these followers behind you. It's can you create more leadership so it's not just you out there um, on the ship by yourself and all these followers behind you. Um, I think that's a tough thing to do, though. I think it's uh, very difficult because with doing so, you um, got to continue to learn, got to give up some quote-unquote power. <laughs> and um, just kind of especially with, with young adults that I deal with is understand that as a female standpoint, it's okay to be a leader. And it, I think that that's a tough thing to do as well. Right. So, so you touched on a lot of things. You touched on a little bit there of, of the female aspect of things in terms of, of leading in a, in a society, whereas even though I think where things have come a long ways, mm-hmm. I still don't think it's quite equal yet. Um, and obviously I'm speaking from a, from a male perspective, so um, you can maybe tap into that. You're also looking at it from a special education perspective, or, or maybe we can back up just educator in general, because we all have our challenges and the things that we're trying to promote with our students. And then you also run a successful basketball program. And so through all those realms, you know, and not, not that there's a, a, a perfect template or there, there's, there, there's a system to hack perfectly because I think the best shortcut to anything we want to achieve in life is just hard work. But what's your process to make that work for you? So to be a leader, how does that work? How do you kind of make that happen? And I know it, it sounds arrogant. I know mm-hmm. when, I, when, I, when I press people on that, they're always like, oh, I don't know. But mm-hmm. we're, we're having this conversation as if, not as if, but because I view you as a leader. Yeah in those realms. So what's the process that you make that happen? Number one, I think you have to have self-confidence and not a fake self-confidence. You have to truly, what what I'm doing is, is good. Right. <laughs> I believe in what right. I'm doing. Um, and no matter what phase it's in, um, educator, coach, doesn't matter. Um, you you got to have a little, is the hip term, a little swagger to yourself too. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you have to have something that motivates you every single day. Um, and that's kind of cliche, but when I think of leadership, sometimes people are really good leaders for a month, and then it fades off. Um, and then everyone else is going to follow do the same thing as what you're doing. So I think it's something that you have to have a, like, a fire that burns inside of you that says, this is my personal goal. Here's my goal for my job of what I want. This is what I want the people I'm trying to lead, what I want them to do. And it's like all those little hats that you have to put on. Um, but that's part of being a leader. That's why very few people actually are true leaders, I think. Um, I think the toughest thing about being a leader is the way you have to motivate every single person is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is my 11th, so starting my 11th total year as a basketball coach, and that has become more and more relevant every single year I become a coach. When I first started, I was like, ah, come on, there's like two ways to lead and motivate kids. Where now I'm like, holy, I got like 16 kids on my team, and every all 16 <laughs> are motivated in a right, different way. Right, right, um, So I think it's also, which connects to my last point, which you have to want to learn. You know, that's why, you know, read the books, go talk to people, um, whether it's by watching a game on TV or talking with teachers, whatever it is, is you, you have to continue to learn as well, too. Because the moment you think, oh, I got this, I'm going to stop learning, someone's passing you and someone's going to be a better leader than you or your, follow, your followers aren't going to want to follow you anymore, so to say. So I think that's also important is you have to want to continue to get better. Right, right. And, that, and, and I think that, that idea of wanting to get better also models to, to the people that you're trying to inspire that we're never like perfect at this we're, we're we constantly have to keep 
not, not reinventing the wheel, but we have to constantly be looking at how can we improve whatever mm-hmm. the system might be. Yeah. And, and so you talked a lot about motivation, you know, whether you have 16 players on the court or, you know, 15, 20 kids mm-hmm. in the classroom. You know, you, you called it motivation. I think Seth Godin, someone that, 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 I, that I love, calls it like earning, like building enrollment. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are ways, and you can take any of your avenues that you want, you don't have to address all of them. Yeah. How, do you, how do you create an enrollment within your system? So you have this vision, you know the goals you want to get done, it's what you're passionate about. How do you get those 16 players on board mm-hmm. or, or, or the 10, 15 kids that, 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 that you're trying to work to help them be successful in life? How do you build that enrollment with them? One, I think they, it's kind of like when a young kid reads a book, what's the first thing they do? They look at the front cover. And if that front cover doesn't grab them, that book's going right back on the shelf. So I think whether it's in your classroom or on the basketball court, as a leader, you are the front cover. So what, can, what are you going to do that's going to grab their attention right away? Um, so I look at what are characteristics that I think are strong for me. Um, one, I'm extremely passionate about what I do. I bring energy to what I do. Um, I, I work hard at what I do. Um, I think my kids and my students see that I'm constantly changing and constantly growing. So again, that's that front cover that, is it perfect? No. <laughs> but they see that th- th- this is what Coach Getz is. This is what Miss Getz is. And so the, initially, that's the culture that we're going to build into it right away. Right. Um, does that work initially with every kid? No, it doesn't. Not at all. Um, but I think that's where your your values come in. This is our base. And when you watch basketball, my, my basketball teams play, you'll see they work hard. They're extremely passionate. We're unselfish on the basketball court. And we play with a ton of heart. Well, those are a lot of things that I bring to the table. Um, so I think that's – and now you see it through building a program. Now you see it – now my juniors and seniors are now doing it with my youth programs – so it's less coach gets, it's more of my players. That's exactly what I want. So it's, when I first got here, it was like 90% coach gets. You know, where right. now it's close to 50-50, which is the way it needs to be. Yeah. Because it, it's their program. And, you know, in the classroom, maybe I'm not going to teach teacher-led 90% of the time. We're going to try and do it 50-50. Easier said than done, yes. But then that goes back to the basic of leadership is it's not just one leader and everyone follows. It's building more leaders. And I think that's so important and tough to do. But I think yeah. that's how you build a culture. And, and personally, your leadership continues to grow as well, too. Yeah, and and – my next question, and I think you, you kind of answered it a little bit, but I'll still answer it anyway. Ask it just in case you want to expand on it. You know, is is so? How do you sustain the the passion? Because you know, and you talked a little bit already. If you can build that climate and culture, it will start to somewhat regulate itself. Yep. I mean, you're still in charge. You're still pushing the boundaries, but but people start to when you get that buy-in and that that enrollment. You know, you can you don't always have to be at the helm all the yep. time. But I guess is there anything else that you would add until? I mean, there's so many people that have a passion, something that they're excited about. Yep. And they get, you know, like exercise. Like I'm pretty passionate about getting back into a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a pair of khakis that haven't fit in quite some time. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. the, the first day is yeah. great. Second day is okay. Yeah. And by the fourth day, I'm back eating garbage. Like, yeah. so how do you sustain mm-hmm. the passion to keep moving towards that vision that you have? Uh, I think I've done a better job of that as I've gotten older. Is I've been balanced. You know, when I first started coaching, I was... I didn't really understand why people didn't love the game of basketball like I did. I'm like, why? Why don't they want to eat, sleep, and drink this 24-7? And then over time and learning experiences, I was like, not everyone is crazy like I am. So it was like, it, it's a, I've stepped back a lot. Um, I've balanced my life more. You know, I go out and have fun. I go to concerts. I lay on the couch for a day. You know, I, do, I go golf now. I picked up golf in my world. Um, I just do different things outside of the game that I think continues to light that fire. Um, but at the same time, failure drives me. Yeah. Um, not being perfect drives me. And I know deep down that perfection is a very difficult word and arguably impossible, but um, 
those things drive me. You know, basketball on the basketball court, we've lost five straight regional final games. If that doesn't motivate you to continue to help your kids and continue to take the next level, I don't know what does in the game of high school for girls in Iowa. You know, so that, that, that failure of we, we haven't reached it yet. You know, and I think, you know, when I was at Assumption and we won the state title, it was that, oh, this is pretty sweet. I could do this again. And then now the challenge is, can you do it back to back? You know, there's, there's always, that's the beauty of sports and also with education is you never reach a pinnacle that you're like, I'm good. This is it. I, right. No one's like, I'm the best. <laughs> you, know, there's just, you just can't do that. Right. You know, and you can look at teachers that have, you know, I've only taught for seven full years, going on seven full years. So there's a ton of teachers that are beyond better than me. And I, I just want to soak in and take all that information. And as a basketball world, my God, there's thousands of coaches that are, you know, have accomplished more and done more and coached longer and all, all different phases, whether it's high school, college, pros, whatever it is. So I just think that that hunger that just says, I want to be the best that I can be, and there's so much more that I, I personally need to accomplish. And I think when you when you when you have that demeanor about you, especially with young adults, so young girls especially, man, they want to follow that because they want that same thing. Right. They want to accomplish that thing, whether it's in basketball or life. That, that you're, we're teaching them lessons that just oh, just because I show up doesn't mean I'm going to win right away. You right. know, it's it's that process that goes to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as we keep talking about passion. I heard this question uh, a couple weeks ago, and I just think it's it's it's, it's a profound question. So, kind of puts you a little bit on the spot, but not in a bad way. So, what is your wow project of the moment? Meaning, like, what is it that you're like? We all have these stages of life and goals, and you kind of talk, touch about that. You know, if we're truly going to be, you know, a master learner, we're constantly setting a new goal, reaching for something else. But in your moment right now, what's that wow project? That you wake up every day going, this is a good day. Yeah, uh, I think I have two right now. I took a new leap in my professional career with teaching. Uh, I got chosen to be a teacher lead at our school district. And everything in my life has always been, my leadership has always been athletic driven. Um, yeah, in the classroom, obviously as a teacher, you're a leader, but never had the title of anything to do with that. Everything's always been athletics and basketball, and that's where my leadership has come from. So, you know, I sat back when that position opened, and I just thought, you know, here's the positives and negatives weighted, and Bottom line, I just thought I got to go for it because that's expanding me as a leader as well. And again, I challenge my basketball kids and the kids in my classroom all the time about getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of your comfort zone. So if I'm not going to do that, I have no right to ask them to do the same thing. So professionally as a teacher, that's a huge project for me. Um, I've never been in something like that before, so um, it'll be good. It'll be be good to see a different light on how people lead. that yes, I'm a leader, but I'm not the ultimate leader right now. So it's going to be kind of fun to kind of take a step back and just evaluate that and see where I can uh, fit in in that in that realm. Um, basketball wise, I have I, a lot of people say it, but I truly have a good bunch of kids coming back. Um, I have a senior class that I've been coaching since they've been in second grade. So um, kind of tugs at the heartstrings, but that cr- that group means a ton to me. Right. So. My motivation is I want to do everything in my power to give them the best possible senior year imaginable. If that means a state title, that'd be great. But um, just make their experience, their last Pleasant Valley girls basketball experience the best one they've ever had. Um, I can't do it alone, but that I, I want to make everything possible for them to be successful this season. Right. So I just I, that that gets me up in the morning. Yeah. You know, because if I the reason you coach isn't to see how many wins you can get personally. <laughs> right, right, it's about right. well, you know the excitement that you see in your kids and them achieve those things. So. Yeah. Um, that those two things especially motivate me a lot this this upcoming year. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of that too is just helping them build those memories that'll last a long time. You know, like absolutely, you hate to say a lifetime. Um, 
you know, but just that they can keep coming back and referring yeah. to that. And, and obviously winning always helps make that yep. feel a little sweeter. Yeah. Um, but, but even if it's, it's, it's yeah. those day-to-day, I always say it's, it's those small moments. I yeah. think back to um, my seventh grade social studies teacher who was my freshman coach, you know, and one of the little simplest things that he did that has that pushed me to, as a seventh grader, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. He just shook our hands every day, yeah. and I remember a seventh grade boy going, "This is stupid. <laughs> this is dumb." Yeah. But now I'm like, but like yeah. somewhere it sunk in, and I was like, "I need to be a teacher yeah. because of that little gesture." Yeah. So it's, you know, it's yeah. those little moments that you can build yeah. in. And I think about you know, I think about my own life as a 32 year old. It's, I could arguably say that every avenue, relationship friendship job I've had the game of basketball has connected me to that in some way shape or form um, which why how can I not give back to a game that is giving me so much in my life so it's like you know if you sit back and you think because anyone could other people in their world name something or an activity that has led them to so many avenues in their life I don't know if people could do that but literally the game of basketball has led me you know, that's where I, I went to St. Ambrose University because of it. You know, I, my first job was at, you know, a GA. I, I did this. You know, things were just all connected to friends that I have. It's all connected through the game of basketball. So, right. I, I mean, it's just a sport that, yeah, it's a simple round basketball putting the ball in the hoop. But there's so much more that has gone along with it for my life. So I just think it's a part of, like, this is what I can do to give back to a game that has given me so much as well. Yeah, and I think that's a an underestimated element to anything is as we start to think about our passion or whatever word that people want to want to replace yeah. passion mm-hmm. with is it's at the end of the day it's that network it's a, yeah. getting yourself surrounded by people that that have the same interests that obviously it is your building block but push you to be a better person you know mm-hmm. and, and in your case with basketball it's helped you to kind of return the favor so Absolutely. to speak and so mm-hmm. i think you know as people listening in are thinking okay but maybe if, if you're not into sports pick whatever pick yeah. art pick Cars. Yeah, it doesn't really absolutely. matter. The, the topic is irrelevant. Yeah. It's, it's surrounding yourself in this community. Yeah. And I think the cool thing is is that I like to surround myself with or learn about with people who don't love the game of basketball. You know, I talk with people that are, you know, love computers or love nature. I was like, awesome, let's hear about it. Because when you talk with someone that has a passion about something, man, I love to talk with people like that. Because you can just see it in their voice and the way they talk. And, you know, they could talk for hours and hours and hours. Those are people I love to talk about with, yeah. you know, and I think that's, that's contagious. It's very contagious to talk to people that are passionate about multiple, you know, whatever their thing is, so to say. So, right. um, yeah, it doesn't have to be athletics at all. There's, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, and I know we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, you know, and, and we were talking about, about the concept that, you know, when we lead, you know, I think so many times where, where people get caught up and, and – is the idea that we think we we have to be appealing to everyone, mm-hmm. and by trying to do that, you actually can't lead at all. Yeah. And and you know, I think a topic that that's worth exploring is is the concept of we lead. We have a vision. We have our system, our philosophy of how we want to operate as a leader. That I mean, that's that, mm-hmm. that's what we choose to do. But it's not for everyone. And I was having this conversation even just just last night actually with with another educator that runs an innovation class, and it's. It's not a bad thing if someone doesn't agree, or maybe it's, it's not a good fit. What we're doing is helping them learn, okay, this is not for me, so I need to go look mm-hmm. elsewhere. And so, and I'm sure you see it in, in, in coaching sports and also the classroom. We try a technique, we try a style, we try a drill, which, you know, yeah. it could be even bigger of your program, and it doesn't quite connect. And so, I didn't know if you had any thoughts surrounded about that idea of, you know, we tend to get so passionate about things as, as, as humans 
that we sometimes forget not everybody has that same passion. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I've, it's been, it, it took me a while to learn that, though. Um, my first couple years of teaching, I would take from the months of November to March when, during basketball season, um, my teaching the next day almost always determined how my team practiced or played the night before. Mm. And I didn't realize I did it. You know, it's, that was where I was at in my life. I was, you know, 25, 26, whatever I was. And I just, I carried that with me through everything. And I reflect back on it. I'm like, that was absolutely horrible. Like, why would I ever do that? Why didn't no one ever call me out on that? Um, why didn't I look in the mirror more and be like, that, that's not what you're supposed to right, do. Right. Um, where now, no matter what happens, I truly, my perfect no, but I truly never try to bring the basketball court into the classroom and vice versa, the classroom onto the basketball court. Right. You know, and I think that's tough to do, you know, especially with working with special ed that some things can get pretty heated or frustrating, you know, in the classroom. When I go to practice at 345, it's not those kids' fault. You know, that, that's, I, have to, I have to cut that connection. Right. Um, but that's, it, that's hard. I think that's the, you said earlier about wearing different hats. But, again, that's where your focus and your passion has got to be mean or come together. But at the same time, it has to be separated as well, too. You know, and I, it, that's tough to do. Um, again, I've gotten better at that. Um, but it's also easier said than done. Um, regarding uh, the other things that you were talking about, I think it is so hard to listen to or I shouldn't say listen, listen and soak in that quote-unquote the haters, the negative feedback. I think that is so hard to do because nobody, no matter what your profession is, you don't want to hear anything wrong right. that you're doing or that this kid didn't like this or this student's mad or this parent mad. You know, you, you don't want to hear that. Um, and it's so hard to take that criticism. But again, as I continue to do this, that criticism is only going to make me better. Right. And right away, do I have that reaction? Of course not. I have a... a fire of madness inside of me that's like how could they call me out do they know everything I do and it's that, it, that that defense mechanism comes up right away but when I take time to reflect on it okay did they have a point there do I see where they're coming from how can I make this better how can this not happen again you know and I think that's again from a leadership standpoint you have to have that there's not I, I have I've done a lot of reading and learning with other people I've never seen a, a leader that's like that person was pinpoint right on all the time that person never made a mistake like of course they have made a mistake but they've learned from that mistake again. Um, I was meeting with another coach, and he said successful people are, and he went through this whole thing, and he said unsuccessful people make the same mistake over and over again. He's like, they're dumb. Well, I don't know why you keep doing it, but unsuccessful people make the same mistake over and over again. Your good teams, your good leaders, they learn from their own mistakes. Mm. He said your great teams, your great leaders, they learn from their own mistakes, but they also learn from other people. Mm, they right. read books. They go seek information. They learn what, what worked for this person, what didn't work for this person. And when he was saying that, I was like, God, that is so true. You know, you can look at different people in your own life and think, yep, she or he doesn't do that. Yep, she or he doesn't do that. Right. So it just was a good self-reflection of you need to go seek out other people and get that information and also soak in what they're saying to you as well. But it's hard. It That's is. extremely yeah. difficult to do. But I think in order to be classified as a great leader, I think you have to do that. Yeah, and I think, you know, to lead also – it's been phrased 18 million different ways and way better than how I'm going to phrase it. The whole idea that, you know, you're not a leader unless until people start to make decisions about your action, mm -hmm. meaning that some are going to be on board and some are not going yep. to like it. But if, if you're living a life and, and you're not, you're not getting that reaction from people, yep. you're not leading. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why a lot of younger people have a hard time with leadership because we live in a, our, whether our new generation, bottom line is they are pleasers they, they, and they want to make others happy. Well, 
if you want to make others happy all the time, leadership is not the path for you. Right. Not that you have to be <laughs> a jerk all the time, but right. you you are going to upset people, period, end of story. Right. Where I think that's what the hardest thing with youth and young kids is with leading is, well, if I do that, it's going to make that person upset. It might, but if that's what your heart is telling you and that's what you think is best, that that's the decision that you need to make. Right. And that, that's, again, it's a lot easier said than done when you're a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid. It's hard for me as an adult. Absolutely. You know? But I think that's that's where you, I think that, that it's kind of like a fork in the road. Those people who are willing to ruffle the feathers a little bit, those are your ones that are going to go be leaders. The ones who aren't, they're going to take that other path, and, and they're not going to be leaders. Yep. And I think, you know, I think it's okay, too, to not always be a leader. Absolutely. I think I think there are, leadership is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be very happy and mm-hmm. never lead, you know, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that, you know, if everybody was leading, then... Absolutely. Then, you know, are you yeah. really leading? If you turn around, there's no one yeah, behind you. That's the beauty of this new education with this, te- this teacher lead for me is I'm not the head front leader, you know. And is there times where I'm like, oh, that's not what I would have done. And I sat back a little bit. And I'm like, and I can't do that because right. I, I need to learn how to follow as well, too. Like, that's part of life. You're not always yeah. going to be, like you said, I'm not always the one driving the boat all the time. You know, i got to be able to balance both. So if you're looking to lead and if someone's listening in or hearing these thoughts and they're going, you know what? I want to lead, but I'm scared or I have fear, or I hear some of these things, and I'm not quite sure. Like, how would someone, you know, say one of your players comes up to you and says, Coach, I'm ready to start to push my boundaries as a leader. Like, what are those first steps to be a leader? Oh. <laughs> kind of corny and cliche, but it goes with it. you got to find your passion. Like, I would never be a leader of an art gallery, because, number one, I don't know anything about it, and I'd be horrible, you know? So I think you have to find, what do you want to lead about? You know, I, I don't think you can just lead you know, a wholesale, but you, you need to find that passion. And two is I think you do have to start with leading by example. You know, no one ever is going to listen to you if you're showing up late, not working hard. You know, th- those are characteristics that you cannot have if you want to be a leader in anything that it is. So I think it has to start there. And then the third thing for me would be is you need to seek others' information. You need to, like, what does it actually mean to be a leader? You know, and kind of get your framework fr- framework on things and um, get your feet wet a little bit, you know, and I, as a coach or as an educator, both of them, I would start to give little responsibilities, you know, and I, I do that a lot anyway, but you start to give little responsibilities. How do they handle it? You know, did they fail? <laughs> did they not even give it? Did, did they not give an effort at all? Um, did they do a great job? Did they come out of the box thinking that something I didn't even think of, which is the best thing when you're coaching kids, right. um, you know, just kind of just kind of just test the water a little bit. Cause I think the other problem that or a lot of mistakes that educators and coaches have is they just throw the kids out there like, here you go. All right, go be a leader. Well, they don't know how to do that. Like, again, like you can't you just can't do that. Like it's a slow, gradual process that you have to slowly get them involved into. Right. And some kids go back from it, which is fine, you know. But other kids, you slowly get them into the water, and hopefully by their senior year, they're swimming on their own. Yeah. You know, are they perfect? No, but they're they're able to do things without you having to tell them. When that moment when that moment comes, you're like, this is good stuff. You can tell in the classroom. You know, the first quarter you have to remind them by every single day. This is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. By quarters two, three, and four, hopefully they're doing those things on their own. Right. Well, that's a form of leadership as well, too. Right, right. You mentioned water, so now I have to ask this. Cause I, <laughs> I wrote this quote down. It's, it's, it's become my, like, favorite quote of the summer. So now I, I wasn't going to ask, but now you said water, I have to. And so the, the quote reads, um, you're here to cross the swamp, not fight all the alligators. And so as we talk about this advice of, of trying to help someone new into leadership, and, and we talked about when you, when you lead, sometimes people may not agree. Mm-hmm. Um how do you avoid fighting all the alligators? Because if you spend all your time fighting all the alligators in, in, in this little story here, this little parable, uh, you know, you're never going to actually cross the swamp. So yeah. 
as you as you face adversity, whether that's people and negativity, whether it's just an obstacle or it's you know things don't go the way you want, how do you how do you move on to that? I, I think that's an easy answer. I think you have to stay true to your values. You know, um, and again, everyone's every leader's values are a little bit. I mean, they should be somewhat the same, but a little bit different. Um, you know, I look here on our girls basketball, or we have five core values that we stick to: um, teamwork work ethic, unselfishness, competition, and thankfulness. And we hit those hard off the whole the whole year on those five things. So if we the biggest alligators I'm gonna fight if the kid's not working hard and their work ethic is bad, I'm gonna I'm gonna address that alligator. But if a kid is doing everything possible but she can't make a free throw, is that an alligator I really want to fight? You know, is that something I really not like she's not trying, not like she's going there trying to miss him on purpose. Right. You know, and same thing in the classroom. If you have those same five things, if kids are working together, but they're not solving the problem, and you're 20 minutes past your quote-unquote lesson time, do you really want to get mad at them for that? Is, that? is that a battle you want to fight? I don't think so. You know, that's where I think a lot of leaders get in trouble is they don't know what their values are, so they pick fights with everything. It's like you, you, can't, you can't do right, that. Right, right. One, you're going to wear yourself out, number one. Um, and number two, you're going to have a lot of people question, what do you stand for? So I think it's I think it's so so important to stick stick to your values, um, and maybe your values change over time, you know. But if they're if they're truly what you are and what you stand for, they shouldn't change too much. So I think you got to stick to what you truly believe in. And the other alligators, they deal with them themselves. Right, right. And I think that's so true. It's uh, you know, you got to come down to it at the end of the day. It's knowing yourself mm-hmm. and knowing who you want to be. You know, and as simple as that sounds, it's also challenging, but it comes back to that core of, of everything that, that, that we and do. And even when you face an alligator, and you may not, it may be a draw, and both parties walk away, and they, they aren't, they aren't, you're not agreeing on it. But when I put my head on, the, on my pillow at night, if I truly believe what I did was the right thing, that's all I can ask for. Right. I can't, I, you know, I'm not going to change other people's, I'm not going to change all these people's minds all the time. But if I stick to my values and what I believe in, and I'm still open for feedback, Sometimes it's just it's just got to be that way, right. you know. Agree to disagree sometimes. Yep, yep. And I think that's a, a life lesson that we all mm-hmm. have to learn. We don't have to agree with everything, but yeah. we can disagree in a yeah. professional manner. Absolutely. Knowing that tomorrow the sun's going to come up. Yeah. And you know we should all mm-hmm. just at the end of the day, nothing else, just be happy to be alive. That's and hard. To, that's a hard. That's a hard thing to accept, though. <laughs> it it's is. a really really hard thing to, especially when you're truly passionate about something. Yeah. You want them to see the because you what the way you view it is, this is the right way. Yeah. You want them to view it that way. And when they don't, it, you, you can't take it very personal yeah. sometimes. Yep. But it's just it's part of being a leader. Yeah, yep. and sometimes it's not getting wrapped up in the short term. Absolutely. It's believing in the system, believing in the process yeah. enough to know that the long term, if this is the way, yeah. the cards will fall where they need to fall. Yeah. And, you know, you, yeah. it comes back to, to, to modeling the way. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And if this is the way it's supposed to be, time will tell. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's not getting caught up in that moment where yeah. – Someone challenges you or an obstacle phases mm-hmm. you away, and you have to like, oh my gosh, the world's coming to a close. No, this is <laughs> yeah. just a yeah. this is just a moment yeah. testing, you yep. know. Absolutely. So that's good. Yep. Well, let's move into the speed round here okay. as we kind of like like wrap up this, this okay. thing. And so um, for this leadership series, I have some different questions for the speed round, um, and so these are just a quick little things to get people some some food for thought and mm-hmm. and some things to explore. So uh, the first question is, um, what are you reading right now? What I, I'm actually reading one and rereading one. I am reading Leaders Eat Last, and I'm rereading Grit to Great. Um, love both books. I've tried to. I've tried to read, like, too many books. At, like, okay, I'm going to read this book, then go to this book, where I haven't really had things soak in. Mm. Like, this is truly what the book is about. So I've, I'm going back and rereading 
some of the books and the things I'm finding are like, oh, I didn't realize that the first time. Um, but these two books are really, really good. I've tried to this summer is read nothing basketball related. Hmm. Um, that's hard for me, but yeah. it was, it's been good. Like leadership books about like businesses, whole different world, um, but good. Still yeah. really, really good. Um, you know, like an Abe Lincoln leadership book, like just different things I'm trying to read that are not basketball related. It, it's been really, really good. I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. So yeah, it's a good it is a good challenge. <laughs> so who is one person, or if you want to include more than one person, I'll let you, um, that everyone listening to this podcast should go follow or go learn from? Ooh. Um, I, I'll go with the newest person I'm obsessed with, not the right word, but cling to, is the new Minnesota football coach, PJ uh, Fleck, Fleek, I believe his name is, um, F-L-E-C-K. Um, he, he's the real deal. They had a, on ESPN, they had a, like a... 30 minute uh, little segment on him and I, re- I DVR'd both of them so I, I've watched them you want to talk about a guy with energy and passion holy cow This he brings it every single day um, I, I haven't checked to see if he has books out yet but I've just kind of read things online and um, he, he's a big it's called Row the Boat he, mm. I believe he came from western Michigan and everything is Row the Boat either you're rowing with us or you're rowing against us and he has all of this stuff that it's just it's awesome it's really really cool and he's uh, a guy cool. that if he said if he wasn't coaching college football he'd be a social studies teacher at middle school um, his family was all teachers. He's just like you look at him. It's like this guy's a football coach. He's like five nine. It looks like so he's he's my new person that I'm like this this guy's pretty cool. Oh, awesome. So I'll yeah, to check him out. He will, yeah. yeah, you'll yeah. like him a lot. Add, yeah. add, him, add him to my to my yeah. network. Yep. So if you had to gift one book to someone, who would it be? Well, and not who would it be, but what, what book would, it, would be? it be? If you could, you know, that book that if you were to give it away, what would it be? Mine would be the Energy Buff. Because I think it's, A, it's a quick and easy read, but two, I think it, it can hit people in every facet of your life. Like, do you literally look at things negatively all the time versus positive? Because there was a time about a, well, almost a year of my life where I was, I was just negative on a lot of things. Like, things aren't going my way, I had the what was me attitude, this isn't working. You know, I, I, and when I sat back, I was like, and I read that book, I was like, it, this is all me. Like, yeah. life is not that bad right now for me. Like, and I just, it just makes you think about, you know, are you giving energy or are you taking people's energy? Right. And it's just a simple, it's simple. You know, it's like, there's even a children's book that I read and I'm like, this is a great children's book to read, but it's just that positive energy and that where's your mindset at? Is your, right. is your mindset positive? And that's such a simple thing. And so many people talk about it and make millions of dollars off of it. But bottom line is, are you a negative person or are you a positive person? Right. Simple. Simple as that. Do you look at all these things, glass half empty, glass half full? So I think that's a simple book that people need to start. It'd be a good first book for people to read. Awesome. And I'm stealing this question from Tim Ferriss, so I didn't come up with it, so I'm not, <laughs> not going to claim credit. But um, what would you consider to be your spirit animal? My spirit animal? <laughs> oh, my. Well, I think I should go with a, uh, I'm going to go with a lion. I think I'm a lion. Even though I was told that I have a memory like an elephant. So I think an <laughs> elephant has a good memory. <laughs> I'm going lion. Go Very lion. fierce. Go yeah. with the lion. Fierce. King, king of the kingdom. Is that right? Something like that? Yeah. To me, it's not like a hybrid lion, elephant, <laughs> animal. Yeah, it could a be a hybrid. A life. There you go. A life. A life. <laughs> we just started something. <laughs> yeah, we <We're> did. <laughs> copyright that. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. And the last one is, do you have any final thoughts or last nuggets of wisdom that we didn't <sighs> talk about that you want to make sure you bring out to the table? Um, I think... There's an article that I read last year, and I try to read it at least once a week. It's short, one page. 
and it's by Buzz Williams. He's a basketball coach, but just because it's basketball doesn't mean it's just about basketball. It can be anything to do with any facet of your life, parenting, teaching, whatever it is. And everyone always talks about tough love. You need to give tough love. Well, he rephrases it to love tough. And his reasoning is you, that person you need to be tough on, they need to know, they, they need to know that you love them first. Because mm. if they know that, they know that your job is they're you're trying to make them to do things that they never thought they could so don't put the love before the tough and i think that's such a especially in the education and the coaching world yeah especially with females they have to know that so and i think sometimes when people hear the word love they're like oh it's like ew gross like romantic you know marriage <laughs> well when you love people it's because you want the best for them and you want right. to take them to another level and you know you truly want the best for them so I truly try. I've tried to do that a lot more last year, and I enjoyed my career a lot more, or my season a lot more last year, both in the classroom and on the basketball court with that don't tough love, love tough. Because I am very intense, and my passion is can be overwhelming at times. But I, I think that's, that simple phrase is love tough, don't tough love, but love tough. So I think that's an important thing for many things to do with life, not just coaching and teaching. That's awesome, and I think that's a, a perfect – perfect message and uh, phrase to uh, end this podcast on. I can't thank you enough for your time and uh, thank you so much for uh, taking time to talk, talk Thanks. with us. This has been awesome. appreciate you asking me. Awesome. Best of luck in your season. Thank you. In the classroom. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.